Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today wherever you listen to podcasts. Blue Wire. It's over. Cleveland is a city of champions once again. The Cleveland Cavaliers select Colin Sexton, Darius Garland. Here comes Sexton. Some ribbon. And he got it. Young Ball continues to wear him up. Do you know what the Cavs fans are calling the Darius Garland, Colin Sexton backcourt? What? Sexland. Oh, that's good. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. It is the most exciting time of year, and to help break it all down is my co-host, Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how's it going? I'm geeked, man. Uh, it's going to be, uh, you know, I was worried that the finals would have this, you know, like a little bit underwhelming vibe to it, given the bubble. And this is before the bubble happened, to be clear. Yeah. And... I was like, is it going to feel special? It feels very special still. I, I, I'm, li- I'm reading all my, all my, uh, my writing. I'm listening to podcasts, like deep dive analysis, figuring out what's going to happen. I've, I'm spending a lot of time thinking about it. It's fun. It feels normal. Carter, I, I got to admit, I feel a little embarrassed right now. I was talking about Cavs offseason hype talk. Oh, that's, a, that's an unfair <laughs> redirect. <laughs> I, I set you up. I, I absolutely set you up there, but no. You know I'm sleepy right now. That's This is unfair. Buddy, buddy, I'm excited though. Like, but we're, we're going to talk finals very shortly, but I do want to get into the Cavs first because 
they've been saying the things, Carter. They've been saying the damn things. Darius Garland blowing people away. Chris Fedor said that when he talked to people in the organization, Garland was the guy that comes up the most of people blowing him away. Uh, everybody says that he looks like a different player physically. JB Bickerstaff pointed out just how much of a dog he was on defense in their scrimmages, which is surprising. They're, they're saying all the good things. Like we already know Sexton's going to be good. Like he, he's already proven so much. If Garland is also very good, all of a sudden things get really interesting really, really fast. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. It, part of you wants to go is this just your typical fluff piece that comes from this time of year and then you know you have guys like larry nance just saying can confirm he's killing it and -hmm. you know i think there's kind of like even as you know critical as you might have been about darius garland you know i don't know who would have been critical of him but uh you know on a personal level but you know if you were critical uh i think that the idea was always there that like, okay, year two is where assuming he gets through year one healthy year two is what's going to matter. And he's kind of had, this is like year 2.3 by the time things actually start. And (laughs) you know what I mean? Like he's had some time to, to heal up and get his body exactly right. As opposed to trying to like play through it at 75, 85%. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe the leap is happening here. Maybe, you know, maybe a guy like Darius Garland, uh, though he looked mostly fine, he moved pretty well all season. Uh, didn't look like he was like walking, running around in pain, but maybe an extra 5% of athleticism is the difference for him between being a pretty overmatched rookie for much of the year uh, to becoming who we thought we might be getting with the fifth overall pick. Yeah, and, and I think I buy into this stuff more than I would with normal offseason stuff. One, because I have a vested interest in the Cavs being good. And two, I mean, this is a guy that was on every big board. Everybody regarded him as a very good prospect. He was some someone that had people excited. And he was coming off of surgery. He had a setback in training camp. Never really got right physically. And that kind of threw him off. And um, well, while I don't think he's going to be like a Jamal Murray type player, the, the reason I made the comparisons of their rookie season was guys that I was pretty confident, hey, these guys should be shooters and they weren't healthy. They didn't shoot well. The shooting is going to come like I never worried about that. The, the fact that he had better point guards uh, instincts than I anticipated and he was better in areas I didn't expect him to be good made me feel like once the shooting comes around, hey, you got something there. So I'm not necessarily shocked to to hear that he was looking better. Um, But we discussed it before. If this type of stuff wasn't coming out of camp, if they were downplaying him or saying, yeah, you look better, but like wasn't really blowing people away, then it's then you start having to wonder about the pick in general and how that's going to work out for the Cavs. Yeah, I mean, I think that you're absolutely right. And it, it just feels like, I guess my biggest concern, because, you know, of the two of us, I've definitely been the most critical, mm-hmm. um, perhaps the most pessimistic about uh, Garland, though I would argue, as always, that my pessimism is more based on that the floor was more possible than you, I felt you wanted to acknowledge, as opposed yeah. to didn't believe the ceiling was there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there, I mean, even during some of the early highlight uh, highlights you saw, like from like shortly after the shutdown, where he's putting so many moves just to get two inches of space. 
uh <laughs> you know maybe maybe that is as maybe that's the difference you know maybe uh you know the the athleticism is what what we wanted to see from him that kind of helped him actually create space as opposed to having to work so hard to get that millimeter mm-hmm. um and and now if if things are trending the way we'd like them to trend then the scoring actually matches the reputation and then the advanced the better than we thought playmaking that you talked about maybe that goes from oh that's kind of nice i guess to oh well now that's really great i mean i think the the number one example of uh an elite skill set elevating someone's playmaking is steph curry you know i don't think most people view steph as an elite elite passer mm-hmm. but when you've got people lunging at you from 30 feet, lanes get a little bit easier. And I don't think very often lanes were easy for Darius Garland this year. Um, so I think him actually elevating himself as a volume scorer makes his, uh, if, if he's able to get to that level, that actually makes his point guard job much easier. Right. And, and I, I've made this point before, but if all of a sudden he's just shooting better, like even if it was the same tentative season and he just shot kind of the way that you'd anticipate him shooting, all of a sudden those last two months where he's at 14 and five, maybe it's up to, to 16 and five and it opens up some opportunities as a playmaker. Like it doesn't take a lot of growth from there, that point to all of a sudden become a functional player. And I think the other telltale sign that this is actually legitimate and not just smoke is the Cavs are basically saying, hey, this guy that we've identified as our best prospect in Kevin Porter Jr., they're ruling out, basically, any idea of him starting. They're, uh, all the talk seems to be this guy is going to be in kind of the OKC, OKC Harden role where he's going to be running the second unit. He's going to be playing starters minutes. But that it looks like at this point that Garland and Sexton, Sexland, uh, year two has has kind of locked up that role. Sexland rides again, Justin. Buddy, I'm um, <laughs> and, and honestly, this is the. I know that it might sound a little stupid to suggest that it would be good for the Cavs if all their young guards were good. Mm-hmm. But with that said, this is actually the ideal uh, outcome for them from the perspective of we know that the lineup data is not good on Sexton and Porter. And I don't think that's just a young guy thing. I think that's a, my expectations would be that that pairing would have some struggles because of their, the, the styles that those two play Mm -hmm. Uh, neither as true gravity pullers as shooters, even if they can, even if they can get hot and make some threes, uh, neither elite passers, neither really force people to guard them uh, significantly far from the arc, neither elite pick and roll players. Mm -hmm. Um, And it kind of makes since that the best version of this Cavs uh, starting lineup, even if Sexton or Porter has moved to the benches, one of those guys on the bench, one of them in the starting lineup alongside uh, a lead guard who is a really, really good decision maker. And mm-hmm. ideally that can space the floor as well. And that's why theoretical Garland's always been great. I just think the reality hasn't gotten there yet. So no, we don't want to lose our mind. And, and say, well, I mean, I know you're, we've already lost you, but yeah, yeah, we hey, I, I'm probably, gone. <laughs> yeah, we shouldn't lose our minds. But with that said, uh, you have to feel encouraged because the, the whole outlook for the team looks different. You go from uh, Sexton, who is promising young guard, who maybe has a bit of empty stats, KPJ, who's promising young guard, who hasn't really got the volume yet, and a disappointing 
fifth overall pick to mm. those two, and then a promising potential offense bender uh, yeah. in in Darius Garland. And the, again, not uh, not world breaking news that mm. uh, it's it's better to have good players than worse ones. But this one feels particularly important for how mm. we feel about the rebuild. And then you got Dylan Windler getting people excited too, which I I. I guess it's a good sign that the Cavs are as excited, at, like more excited than ever, because this is a dude that's got like a rod that's been put in his leg that missed his entire rookie season. And the, the fact that they're sitting there and being like, yeah, we, we haven't changed our expectations that this guy is going to compete for the starting small forward role. Um, like if he's just out there, it's kind of like that floor spacer with Sexland, And then all of a sudden you're, you're staggering guys. Uh, you, you're getting uh, Kim Porter Jr. in there running the offense. Like I, I can see this. I, I see the foundation for like a fun 30-win team, which is I think what we kind of expect in in terms of growth. That hey, if they are making a conscious effort to be accountable to to go out there and win games, there's going to be the the bumps and bruises, but um, the, they'll be building towards a, a potential playoff team in the next couple of years. I think also if I, if someone like Dylan Windler is good, it really, really opens up the draft board for them mm-hmm. to go take that center that they might want to go take, especially if Wiseman's fallen to the fifth spot. Oh, because yeah. right now I think there is probably some internal pressure to say, we got to go get a defensive wing. We got to go get a wing that we think can, you know, we got to go chase Nokoro of a Vassell. Vassell is a Vassell. I don't know who's to I- say. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. Uh, and I think that, you know, I Windler and Jetty both looking like reliable wings for you and Garland playing well, you just get to go take the guy you want a little bit yeah. easier now. And, you know, ideally it's still not a guard that you want because you just don't have the minutes to give them to develop. But and, and you can go get that center and not stress. There. They're, they're likely not going to go take a guard. So um, I, I, the, the Wiseman thing, I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot about it. And it does seem like there's a realistic chance he falls to them at five, um, which if he's there, they're going to take him. They're, they're going to take that upside swing. Um, and it, we'll, we'll see what happens. Like uh, there, there's a possibility of a Drummond trade. Like once this, these finals are over, we're going to start learning a whole lot about this team. And the other interesting thing is they had a, like a training camp that's wrapping up now. Uh, they got to see where everyone's at and they got to point out things to work on. So you can't replicate those games missed, but now these guys have an additional off season uh, before things kick back up in February or March. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just really encouraging. And I know that the, uh, the this team uh, for what it's worth has, uh, is, is going to release a documentary style footage of what's going on at the camp. And I'm really excited to get to watch that though. It will be curated, but with a guy like Wiseman suddenly becoming potentially available, I, I, I start to warm up to that pick more and more and more. Um, especially since it protects them from, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. At five. Sorry. Say it again. Oh, I, I was just pointing out uh, like Wiseman is a more, easy to tolerate swing and a risk at five than he would be. Oh, if yeah. got the I mean, first I probably would have, I mean, I probably could have talked myself into him at one, to be honest. Uh, and at five, it feels like kind of found money and it's a team that can probably build an infrastructure for him. That isn't terrible. You know, if you trade Drummond, 
re-sign Tristan to a, a veteran leader. Thanks for helping us win a title contract. I mean, that's a really, really good role model for uh, Wiseman on the do what you're good at, don't do what you're bad at camp. I mean, mm-hmm. that's Tristan Thompson has taken his career and distilled it down into, I only do the things I'm good at. I don't try to do the things I'm bad at. Which is why and, he was shooting threes last year, because he's a well, 40% three-point shooter. Yeah, and he's an elite shooter, and Wiseman's going to have mm-hmm. to get there. But I do think that Tristan's going to be that kind of role model. It is the kind of role model you want, whereas Drummond maybe isn't so much. So I think <laughs> that you kind of want to get Drummond out because you don't want to go into the year with three centers. But I think it gets easier and easier to take a take a Wiseman and not think twice about it if – if these kids that are already on the roster are showing out the way they are. Yeah. And getting some found money in those drafts would be a game changer. Like um, if Wiseman reaches his ceiling and that is who the Cavs take, cause they are going to take best player available, uh, which is likely a front court player. Um, that's, that really helps things out. And you know what I like to do with found money, Carter? I don't know. Tell me, Justin. I like to order DoorDash uh, because oh, wow. I've counted on restaurants and now they're counting on us. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and the food will be left outside outside your door with new contactless delivery options. Choose your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and the food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Justin, you know what I like to order uh, with DoorDash on a, on a Sunday afternoon? What's Some that? wings. Mm-hmm. And you know what I like to do while I'm eating my wings? I like to watch football. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get every single football bet you want uh, in for a chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day or a day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Justin, I noticed I was listening to the, your, your, par, your pod with uh, cousin Martin Rickman, mm-hmm. uh, dear friend of the pod. Uh, we actually called him Cousin Martin at my last job. He used to do uh, uh, some guest hits at my old network. Yeah. And he looked a lot like my coworker, Nate. So uh, we called him Cousin Martin. That's nice. I, I like so, that, sir. <laughs> so, so Cousin Marty was on, and you hit uh, you hit the ad read. And I really forgot how, how smooth that ad music drops in. Mm, thank you. Know, you. I was like, oh, shit, we're here. <laughs> so uh yeah i just hadn't listened to the the full pod in a minute uh uh when i wasn't uh on it so uh, I, I do a yeah, good job of rush episode. editing I, I do a good job of rush editing yeah, love, lovely episode with marty 
uh, and a lovely uh, uh, article on Colin Sexton. But for the back half of the podcast, I think we should talk about the finals. Uh, yeah. We are currently recording about an hour and a half until game one tips off. So forgive yeah. our tardiness. So I think we'll try to keep a pretty big picture here. Yeah, uh, no, we're, we're going full. We're going full series. And you, your story, I actually did genuinely like I'm not doing cool story, bro. I genuinely enjoyed that story. Um, but it ruined my ability to segue into saying I would not feel comfortable betting on this series. Like Ooh. my head tells me that the Lakers should win. But what is driving me nuts is this is so far removed from the regular season. I don't know how to weigh what the Lakers did against the Nuggets and turn that into what I think will happen against the Heat. Because I have no idea if the Denver Nuggets are better than the Miami Heat. I have no idea how any of these teams stack up because they're so different than they were in the regular season. And while my brain tells me the Lakers are going to win, I have this gut feeling that there is the potential for some real weirdness in this series. So it's funny. Every time we've talked about this with a, you know our little group of uh, our group DM with a couple other blogger boys and pod boys, <laughs> Everyone always tends to say Riley and Spo are going to do all this stuff to fuck with LeBron's head. That's going to, that's like the running joke. It's like, oh, they're going to mess with him. They're going to throw some stuff at him. And my big takeaway, every time I've thought about this series is if anyone's going to get fucked with, it's going to be Anthony Davis. Yeah. Because here's the thing. LeBron is relatively game plan proof at this point. Uh, I mean, sometimes the jumper doesn't go in, but he can figure out pretty much any defense that's thrown at him. That wasn't always the case, by the way. Um, but he has gotten to the point where he can kind of handle whatever you throw at him after a game or two. Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis, I'm not sure how well he's going to handle all this chicanery from the Heat. Because <laughs> uh, Spoh's going to throw some weird stuff, and they're going to make him think. I think they're going to hard double him on touches, and he is not a good passer out of double teams no. at all. And I feel like the tipping point in this series to me is does Anthony Davis uh, get confused and does he play indecisive? Uh, and to that end, is he drawing fouls on on Bam Adebayo? Yeah. <laughs> I I think you're on the money here because my big thing is that the Lakers outside of two players are not very good. Like they, this is probably like outside of the star part of the team. This is probably one of the worst supporting cast LeBron has had. I, I think AD is one of the best teammates he's ever had. Um, but the rest of it is shaky. It's kind of last minute put together because of what Kawhi did by dragging out his free agency decision. And there is a, the only concern I have with LeBron and friend of the pod, uh, Damon Rangula, mentioned that LeBron doesn't have his same recovery staff that he has. He doesn't have all the things that he's used to. And you kind of see him age a little more in the bubble uh, than he has in the regular season i actually think he's going to look better next year than he does right now um but if lebron isn't able to get to that next gear or bounce back after he's exerted that kind of energy and then a lot of this pressure is going on anthony davis and bam at a bio and jay crowder and all the different looks that spolster is going to throw at him if that negates davis it's it could get a little dicey because I, I don't know if I trust the Lakers shooters. Like I mean, this that, is why this is why I think if you're picking a short series, I don't really, I don't really understand. I mean, I do think that this playoffs is more than maybe any I've ever seen. The difference between a five game series and a seven game series is a couple bounces of the basketball. Yeah, 
and more this year than ever in the past. Normally teams win series. I'm like, yeah, they were better. That's why they won. Like a lot of this is, has been kind of come down to chance. But with that said, I just kind of feel like this is going long and that helps because LeBron, I guarantee you at least one game this series, Justin, the Lakers will be out down 20 at half and LeBron will pack it in and he will be right (laughs) to do so. I I think if any game does it, it's game one, uh, which is this great because this will be dropping. You know, maybe I'll drop this a little early, but still it's people are going to be listening to this after game one. Um, I I think if any game uh, has that outcome, it'll be game one because that's usually a LeBron feel-out game. But I really don't feel like Miami has the ability to blow the Lakers out. And, and that might be dumb, but Miami is going to I think to the, make... Lakers have, so the Lakers yeah. have an ability to blow themselves out by, I don't, I don't by know. bailing. They bail, man. They, they give up big runs and they lose focus. Maybe they won't in this series, but they, they do. Yeah, and I just I, I think the Lakers are a very good defensive team. I don't trust their offense is what this really comes down to because they have not played a good defense in the playoffs, and I just don't know how much of it translates because uh, they were lacking uh, cohesion when they first kind of got into the bubble, and then they played up against Portland, and even then it wasn't really clicking, and uh, they, they've really been getting by on the defensive end. So, like, I think Miami can win close, ugly games, I think the Lakers have the ability to blow out Miami, but this might be a series like uh, against the Celtics where the Boston outscored Miami for the series, but they still lost four out of the six games. Like I I can completely see that happening. And um, I think I'd have a whole lot more confidence picking the Lakers in this series. If I wasn't so confident that the Celtics were the better team against Miami and and they lost. So maybe I'm just an idiot and I'm doubling down based on my faulty logic um, going into that series. But like that has me rattled. It has me questioning my own reality, Carter. I do think this is something that I I forget who on Twitter leads this drum beat, but it's, I mean, a couple of people mention it. Maybe it's Ziggy. I don't know. I forget who, but someone always kind of points out that no one wins titles before they're 26, unless mm-hmm. they have like a super duper star that's at least 26 next to them. And maybe that's all this playoffs really was in the end is, you know, the Clippers are their own confusion, but Bucks, Celtics, these are teams we thought were better than they were and they just weren't able to figure it out. And, and I, I just don't think that LeBron, a LeBron-led, and frankly, a Rondo-led offense are going to have the same troubles figuring out the junk that gets thrown at them. Mm-hmm. And, and that Spo is so good at throwing teams that confuse them. Like, I just think that – I think LeBron's going to figure it out. And But at the same time, I think what – it comes down to for Miami to me, yeah, I think Bam is going to be somewhat of a constant. I don't think – I don't actually think Davis is that equipped to take him away because he's more of a passer than a scorer anyway. Yeah. And his impact is primarily on the defensive end. Uh, I think it's going to be when the Heat's shooters are on the floor, can they get stops? And when the Heat's defenders are on the floor, can they make threes? Mm-hmm. Because that this is a team that has to go offense defense. They actually don't have as many two-way players as you'd think. You have to – it's either – if you play Iggy, you're not playing Hero. Yeah. Like, if you play – if you're playing Jimmy at the two, you're not playing Dr- – if you're playing Iggy and, and Jimmy, you're not playing Drogic or or you're not playing uh, Hero. 
if you're playing Jay, you know, like they have a lot of guys that like Crowder's the only kind of kind of shoot three and D guy. Yeah. Everyone else is either I shoot and I don't really play defense other than my typical good heat team culture defense, which yeah, good good positioning and yeah, uh, and, and blitzing uh, people at the right. Yeah, time. but their defensive talent is not their shooting talent. Their shooting talent is not their defensive talent, and they've gotten just enough out of both of those positions. Uh, it, at their weaknesses that it hasn't killed them. And mm-hmm. that's what I've been waiting for. I was just like, that's why I keep picking against the heat. Cause I'm like, Jay Crowder is going to stop hitting threes and he's sharing the floor with Jimmy Butler and bam out of bio. And that's three non shooters on the floor. So that's not going to work. And then they just still score. And I, I, I can't figure it out for the life of me. Yeah. I, I had, I felt like I had such a good feel uh, for these playoffs starting. I've off. missed like, everything, man. I, I mean, I, I, I'm I hate myself for backing down on my take. I, I was doing a victory lap in our discord where in February, I said that Denver would beat the Clippers in the second round and will, will Barton not being there kind of threw me for a loop. And uh, I ended up cowering out when I had to make my official pick. Uh, but I picked Miami to beat Milwaukee. I, I felt like that was definitely going to happen. And then the conference finals, like when it came down to it, um, like I just did not see Miami doing what they did against Boston. Like it, it was really, really impressive. And I'm beyond impressed with Miami. Like I, I know heat culture can be annoying and whatnot, but they've won with different cores, different styles and the way that they bounce back from their mistakes. It's really, really admirable. Like this, this team is not far removed from Pat Riley thinking Dion Waiters, Hassan Whiteside, Tyler Johnson, James Johnson, and Kelly Olenek, uh were worth maxing out. Like, it, it, they bounced back from those mistakes really quickly. They got Jimmy Butler without any cap space, and everything is just clicking. So, I... This... Can, I can I know one thing about yeah. Miami, though? Everyone's talking about how Miami has the third through 10th best player in the series. Is that true or do all or is the not having an, a high end star on that team raising the floor and raising the way we perceive all their role players? That's that's a really good point. I, I think like like if, if KCP were on the heat, would he be considered just as good as Jay Crowder? I kind of think he would. <laughs> you know what? You might you might be on to something there. And like the I think there is merit to that argument, but I think that was also true with Denver. Like, because I think the Heat have three great players. I think it's Drogic, I think it's Butler, and I think it's Bam. Right, and Tyler Hero is kind of that X factor that can. And Hero is Hero is a you know a volatile fourth. Yeah, kind of the the J.R. Smith type role in 2016, where it can go. And then, and then they're just they're just throwing darts, just like the Lakers are with everyone else. Is Jay going to hit his threes today? How is that threes today? I don't think the talent gulf in the middle of the roster is as big as it as we think it is. I think it's really a stylistic gulf that empowers those those middle tier guys to be a little more bold than the Lakers do. Because, well, why would you take a an off the dribble three if LeBron is running pick and roll with AD? I, I think there's a lot of merit to that, and I I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers handle this series very easily. Like, I I, would. I I think that there's a possibility of it. it. My gut tells me they won't. My gut tells me this is going to be a hard-fought series. But it, with how kind of different everything is in the bubble, it wouldn't surprise me that Miami goes out there, they throw a zone, and even though the Lakers aren't hitting shots, they just get to the rim. They attack, they, they cut off the ball, 
And Miami is a funny team because they do a really good job with perimeter defense. But once you get to the rim, they allow teams to shoot a really high percentage. And if that happens against the Lakers, you're dead. You're absolutely dead if LeBron's able to shoot a high percentage at the rim. You're dead if Anthony Davis is getting to the rim. You're dead if all these guys that are cutting uh, get to the rim. So I think Lakers in six, but it would not shock me if the Heat win this series. I think it's 60-40 Lakers. Um, I Full credit to Miami. Full credit to everything they've done. I just, I there's just that gut feeling. I, I feel like uh, Miami can really, really push this team. I picked Lakers in seven, um, but I also think it could be a similar. I don't think the Lakers beat the shit out of Denver. Mm-hmm. And they won that series in five. I thought that was a really competitive series that could have easily gone uh, a bunch of different ways. If a few bounces went the other way, and if LeBron didn't pay off the refs, just kidding. Mm-hmm. Everyone on Twitter is a loser for complaining about that. Um, <laughs> I think that if it is a five game series, it's one of those where a bounce went the Lakers way. Uh, but I, I'll say it, Justin. I think that he could just as easily win this in five or six. I can see that. I, I think there's a world in which they they take something and don't give it back. That's what they're really, really good at, uh, especially down the stretch of games. I just think that if we're looking at what has to go right for the Heat to win this series, I think we know number one is they hit threes. Mm-hmm. The guys who aren't good at hitting threes hit threes. The guys who are good hit threes. Just everyone's everyone's shooting well. I think – they throw uh, they throw AD off his game with defensive scheme and hard traps. I think the Lakers start Dwight and they get bad hyper foul Dwight instead of good defensive anchor Dwight. Yeah. And I think they have LeBron who can't quite muster it every night. Mm-hmm. I think that's the roadmap. Hey, they need Danny Green seem- to be good. <laughs> Boy, I mean, they that that's what they need. They the Heat also need Danny Green to not hit hit shots. Yeah. Uh, I I think, but you know, those all all of those things happening seems unlikely. But they probably only need a couple of those things to happen to have a real chance in the series. And that's why I think anyone who's picking it with confidence is maybe a little little uh, too confident for my my taste. Yeah, I'm. I'm not afraid to admit that I don't know shit here. I'm not afraid to admit that I don't have a feel for this series. I feel like either team can win in five games or, and because I feel like either team can win in five games, that's why I'm going longer. That's why I said it's going to be six. It's going to be a hard fought series, but you're right. I I could see it be like the OKC Miami series where, yeah, it went five, but like a couple of those results really could have gone either way. Or I, I mean, same thing with 2017 after the first two games, and all three of those contests could have gone either way. Um, so it's going to be interesting. Maybe this sounds really dumb. Maybe the Lakers blow them out tonight. Maybe Miami blows them out tonight and uh, everyone I'm listening excited. is watching us. I'm excited too. It's going to be awesome. I'm not as excited as I am for Sexland Park 2. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited yeah, there. Really. But I am very, very pumped. And once this is over, man, all of a sudden, normal stuff starts happening all of a sudden we're, we're going to the draft which should have been two weeks from now but still a month and a bit we're, we're fine we'll be able to do it there'll be free agency there'll be trades Cavs are definitely doing trades they, they're all good for trades uh so things maybe get a little bit more normal as we deal with winter without sports not looking hell yeah that. brother 
All right. Well, that'll take care of it for this episode. Uh, we will be back next week, probably talking about the finals. Maybe we'll get another guest. But it was nice talking to you again, Carter. It was nice just doing the two of us here. Sometimes it's good just to hang out with the, the fellas, you know? You know, just guys being dudes. That, that's what guys we're here to do. Guys being dudes. Guys being dudes, man. Miss you too, Justin. All right. Well, big thanks to Carter. Thanks to all the listeners. Thanks for all the feedback uh, for the last pod, um, the last couple pods. People seem to really enjoy the Sedano one as well as uh, with Martin Rickman. Uh, been a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of support this month as well for the podcast. So big shout out to all of our listeners. If you want to support us, the best way you can do so is by leaving a review, leave a rating. Subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and help cook those books. And if you want to be part of the Chase Down's exclusive Discord chat that we reference in this podcast, you can send a screenshot of that review to chasedownpod at gmail.com and we'll hit you up with the link. However you choose to support us, we really do appreciate it. Make sure you guys are staying safe out there. And until next time, go Cats.